Hello, this is Leslie Gartha Tenser, and this is Law to Fact. Today I speak with Professor Marjorie Kornhauser about the top 10 reasons why you should enroll in a tax class while you're in law school. Welcome, and today we're talking with Professor Marjorie Kornhauser, who is the John E. Corner Professor of Law Emerita at Tulane Law School, and we're talking about tax. Don't get turned off. What we're talking about is why you should take tax when you're in law school, because the reality is that even if you're not interested in practicing tax law, tax will be important whether you're practicing family law, criminal law, any type of law, and Professor Kornhauser discusses why. Professor Kornhauser is also the founder of a tax literacy program called Tax Jazz. And she's looking for a 1L to help her with her project this summer. So not only is this informative, but there's also an opportunity for any 1L interested in working with Professor Kornhauser over the summer. Once again, it's time for my plea. If you could rate us or subscribe to us on any of the platforms on which you listen to us, or like us on social media platforms, I would really appreciate this. What keeps me going is knowing that I'm helping law students learn the law. And the more feedback I get, the more inspired I am. And as always, you can contact us. You can reach us at gmail at lawtofact at gmail.com, or you can tweet us at lawtofact. And all of our episodes are available at all times at www.lawtofact.com. So even if you're not taking constitutional law now, know that this episode, like every other one, will be available when the right time comes. If you're listening to Law to Fact, chances are at some point you'll be taking the bar exam. Well, getting ready for the bar exam means you'll need to choose the study program that's right for you. Kaplan Bar Review will get you ready to take on test day with confidence by offering $100 off live and on-demand bar review with offer code LESLIE100. Visit www.kaplanbarreview.com today to sign up. Thanks for joining me, and um, you are actually the first of um, my podcast guests to speak particularly to tax, and tax seems to be such a scary topic. I have to confess, I did not take it in law school, and I think you are here today to share with us reasons why you have to and should take tax, and I have to say, I am sorry that I didn't take it while I was in law school. Great. Would you put that in an ad? I will. (laughs) Well, thank you for having me. Um, I took tax because it was on the bar exam, mm-hmm. and uh, it is no longer on most bar exams. And most law students don't want to take it because one of the reasons they went to law school is they don't like math. Right. That's the old joke. And by the way, can I say that it was on the New York bar exam until recently, They right? I mean, not too many years ago did they get rid of it, I think. Some of them still have it. 17 or so have some kind of tax on it. And once uh, it went off the bar, enrollment declined. But I want to give 10 reasons why I think, despite the fact that people think tax is boring and it's too hard, etc. In fact, Einstein allegedly said tax is the hardest thing in the world to understand. Oh, wow. But... Yeah. First of all, you don't need to know math, at least the way I teach it. Most people teach it. 
maybe third grade arithmetic, adding, subtracting, but you could use a calculator for that. Well, that's, that's clearing up a huge misconception, so that's great. Yes. Uh, and when I teach it, if you get your math wrong, that doesn't count if I know, you know, you just added two and three and got seven. Okay. Um, and I think most teachers really want to know, you know, your thoughts and the, that you know the concepts and how to get from here to there. The first reason, I'm going to give you five professional reasons and five personal reasons, and they all sort of merge into each other. Got it. But the first one, I think, is if you want to do any kind of business law at all, you have to know some tax. I once taught uh, business associations and had uh, a partner come in and talk about her business practice. And the first thing she said was, you have to take tax. You have to know partnership tax. And I did not pay her to say this. <laughs> uh, you have to know it because... The very basic choice of entity mm -hmm. often depends on tax issues. Okay. And so, so if, if you don't have any familiarity with it, you're still going to hire a tax lawyer, but it helps if you understand what's going on. Many big transactions I've been involved in where the corporate lawyers come to you last and they say, this is what we're going to do. You say, oh, you're going to have some tax consequences there. So it would be help as a corporate lawyer or the partnership lawyer that you don't have to know the whole thing, but you should know, oh, there might be a tax consequence there. Right. And let me, you know, go find a tax lawyer. Well, and that, that, that's actually an excellent rule because there's this idea that um, in, in in law school, you know, there's two schools of thought, either just totally, you know, study this very narrow area that you know you're going to practice or expose yourself to things that are going to come across your desk. So I think the more that you understand tax, the better you'll be able to facilitate your clients in a business setting. That makes total sense. Exactly. My second reason I call, you can run, but you can't hide. <laughs> so... You think you're not going to do any business law at all. And in fact, you don't. Mm -hmm. But you do some divorce law. Well, there are tax issues in divorce law, uh, which is why I always tell students one thing you should say to no matter how friendly the divorce, there are different tax interests involved and there can be conflicts, let alone you know, other kinds of conflicts. You might want two lawyers. So uh, you want to do product liability. Well, funny, but in the settlements, they're tax issues. Hmm. Constitution, you want to um, do some employment law, you know, tax issues. So again, it's not so much you need to know the answers. It's like malpractice insurance. You know that there's something there, and if you don't know it, you call in a tax attorney. Okay. Or a CPA or whoever can help you there. Right. Tax, I think, is also a skills course. And so my third reason is New York, New York, you know the song? Of course. If you can make if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. Right. If you can read a tax statute, you can read any statute. 
And you are going to be reading statutes if you practice law. And if for some reason you manage to avoid reading a law, whether it's social security law or environmental law or you name it, all of it's got law, it's going to be a complicated trust, which has much of the same kind of complicated interwoven clauses and vocabulary dependent on this, that, and the other section of definitions. So you just can't avoid it. I'm loving number three. Because you're right, it's a skills course. And just, just to bring this to like the 1L experience, you know, we teach all these different classes and students say, well, why do I have to learn criminal law and I know I'm going to be a corporate or contracts attorney, et cetera, et cetera. And the idea is that we're not really teaching you criminal law. Well, we are, but we're really teaching you how to think like a lawyer. So that same concept kind of supports your number three, which is even if you're not interested in tax, it's teaching you a skill set you'll use everywhere. Yes, and I think in law schools today, because there's so much law to cover, often uh, we sacrifice some of those skills of of learning to interpret a statute Mm -hmm. to covering the content. And not every tax lawyer teaches uh, tax the way I concentrated on learning how to read a statute, but no matter how it's taught, there will be some of that. Mm -hmm. Um, my fourth reason is the hip bones connected to the thigh bone. Okay. So in medical school, which law students don't go to because it has blood, which along with math, they don't <laughs> math, like. Right. <laughs> right. So, um, you know, you learn how different body parts are connected, hip bones connected to thigh bone, the, the lymph system is connected to, I don't know what, some other system. Um, and this is true in law too. There are different sources of legal authority, and they interact. Statutes, regulations, administrative actions, cases, sometimes even treaties. And this happens, again, not just in tax, but in other areas of the law. And so you learn how to, the process of how these things interact and how to interpret them. Again, another skill, I think, that is sometimes overlooked when you're just trying to get through uh, a bunch of content. Mm-hmm. Um, so my, I'm ready for my last business one. Okay, I'm ready. Which I call, did I turn off the oven? Okay. So I don't know if you've had this experience, but I walk out the door and I'm about to get in the car and say, wait a minute, did I turn off... <laughs> You know, the oven, the, whatever it is. <laughs> Lock the door that I or whatever. don't have that experience, I have to be honest. But anyway, yeah. Exactly. So I think all lawyers need to have some of that. Okay. Um, after you've done it, check it. Did I, did I miss anything there? Did I understand it all? And tax law is a law that ingrains that habit in you because it is so complicated. You want to make sure you read it correctly. And even if you go to a secondary source, you always should go check the primary source because tax law changes, well, it's probably changed 10 times since we've been talking. Mm -hmm. So you don't know if your source is as up to date as it should be. So you need to pay close attention to the detail, have patience be able to wade through something over and over again. And that is a transferable skill. 
You know, that, well. that, that's, I hadn't even thought about that, but um, you're right. More than probably any other type of law, tax law changes all the time. I mean, it just changes, a, a, you know, with a, a new political party. It changes with socioeconomic situations. It changes with the economy. Um, so that is a really good point that it keeps you on your toes. It does. And as I said, you everyone goes to secondary sources, but especially when the laws just change. Sometimes the secondary source makes a mistake or it's not quite accurate or it has a gap in there. So it helps for you to be able to go back and be able to understand the law. And just to dot every I and cross every T is something a lawyer needs to know how to do, and tax will help ingrain that into you. So before um, we go on to your second ten, or your second five, I should say, it seems to me that the theme of the first five is that studying tax law makes you a better lawyer in every single way. Would you agree? Yeah, and I, 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 exactly. And I'd end with a testimonial I got from uh, a student I had about five years after uh, he took my class. I got an email from him saying, frankly, he did not like the class when he took it. <laughs> uh, it was too hard. It was boring, blah, blah, blah. But he wanted to thank me because he was now doing, I think it was environmental law, but, and he couldn't have done it without the teaching of the skills and how, statutory interpretation and how statutes and regulations went together. Hmm. That, he had learned, so it wasn't the content that he was thanking me for, but it right. was the skill. The skill set. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, yeah. now we're moving forward. That's interesting. Um, and what about yeah. the next five? Okay, so the next five are personal, which sort of blend back into the professional. Uh, this one is the buck stops here. In other words, you have a legal duty to pay tax. And even though you have your accountant do it for you, you're the one responsible for paying the correct amount of tax. And sometimes, you know, it's the, the accountant's fault. Um, you may get them to repay you but and pay you maybe for the mistake, but you still have to pay it. Mm-hmm. And so if you're ultimately responsible... I'm not saying you need to learn the law entirely because you're not going to, but again, you should have some general sense of how the tax system works, what is income, um, you know, what kinds of things are taxable, what kinds aren't, maybe kinds of things that the IRS is more concerned about than other things. And again, it's almost like malpractice for personal wealth. Malpractice. That that's that's a good one too. I mean, that really just it gives you accountability for your own doings and exactly. Actually, you know, it's interesting. So I have taught almost my entire career, but I found myself in. Well, I got a divorce, for example, and knowing the law empowered me in a way that I would have never otherwise been empowered, and. The same is true with what you're saying about tax. It just gives you power that you wouldn't otherwise yes. have. And even if it's just a course, 
that course is going to give you power. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. So I'm knowledge having, is power. Knowledge <laughs> is power. I'm now saying that tax is a what do you what a superhero. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm giving a lot of status here. Soon it'll be a movie. Anyway, okay. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> okay, next reason. Why pay full price when you get it at a discount? Okay. Uh, there's actually a, a tax quote which uh, goes something to the extent of, yes, you have to pay tax, but you don't have to pay the most highest amount of tax. You can take the freeway instead of the toll road. Mm-hmm. So if you can lower your tax liability legally, mind you, um, then why not do it? Know what your deductions are. Know what your credits are. Know that there are different ways you can arrange transactions, some of which have better tax consequences than others. And again, I'm saying legal. Because I don't think a class goes by where some student doesn't say, well, how's the IRS going to find this out? And it's true that they may not find it out. Um, but that doesn't mean they never find it out. So one, if they do find out, it can affect your ability to practice law. Mm-hmm. But, but I always respond in the end with this true story. When I was clerking uh, for the summer between um, classes, I had it was a big law firm and I was researching criminal fraud. I had a client who was accused of criminal fraud. Um and I did all the research and the summer ended and I went back to classes. About five years later I heard from somebody that the client had killed himself rather than go to jail. Hmm. So yes you can go to jail. Yes you can pay a huge fine, but you know there can be huge consequences. Yeah. yeah. And again, reputationally, you don't want to be the lawyer who is in the newspaper for not having paid their taxes. Right. Or cheated on their taxes. True. I think we're on eight. But you can run, but you can't hide the personal side of it. Okay. So again, you know, you're not going to practice tax. Maybe you're not even going to practice law. You're you know, doing something else with your law degree. But... In your personal life, aside from your taxes, there are areas and times in your life, divorce, for example, where you might want to know about tax because it affects it. You might want to know about tax on the day you get married because there's a big difference tax-wise whether you get married on December 31st or January 1st. Uh, some people even say, well, you know, let's make sure the baby's born <laughs> on December that. 31st, <laughs> not January 1st. <laughs> and then, of course, there's the, the parents, the brothers, the in-laws, the friends who are always asking you questions. And I'm not saying that you should give them tax answers. In fact, I'm saying don't give them answers. Mm-hmm. But know enough to say, gee, I think you need some tax advice. <laughs> right, right. It's true. Yes. That's a good one, too, because, you know, of course, everyone, once you're the lawyer and the family, everyone asks you everything. And right. And 
you don't know even who to direct them to. And by knowing a little tax, you can know whether they need a tax attorney or an accountant or what have you. Or even going back to the divorce to say, gee, you know, I know it's a friendly divorce, but sometimes who gets what when you divide things up has tax consequences. I don't know really what it is, but talk to your lawyer right? about it. Right. It's true. Okay, uh, somehow I, well, I only nine. have one more. I don't know what <laughs> happened to number 10, but number 9 is a big one, okay? okay we'll, we'll make number 9 a double. <laughs> yes, yes, and it is in a sense. Okay, so this is called Anarchy, It's Not Just a Game. Okay. Um, and there are games about anarchy, but the fact of the matter is, unless you're an anarchist, you want to have some kind of government. It might be a small government where you just want national defense only. It might be a huge government where the government provides all kinds of health benefits and uh, safety nets and all kinds of things. But whatever government you want, it's going to have to do something. And to do that, it needs money. And the way you get money for taxes, is not voluntarily. Some people may remember their American history. We had, after the revolutions, we had American Revolution, we had the Articles of Confederation. Mm -hmm. They failed. A major reason, if not the major reason, we have the U.S. Constitution, is the Articles of Confederation had no power to tax. Hmm. And so if you look at the Constitution, there are lots of sections that talk about the taxing power, right. and it's very broad. And when the Supreme Court in um, 1895 said in, in the Powell case that, well, gee, there is no power to do an income tax, is unconstitutional, Congress passed it. <laughs> and it uh, not Congress. Uh, we had a 16th Amendment that said you can have an income tax. It is constitutional. Because without that, the government can't do anything. Um, some people may remember Albert Wendell Holmes. He was a pretty famous judge. And one of the famous things he said was that there is, uh, that taxation is the price you pay for civilization. He, in fact, got this either consciously or unconsciously from a report in 1851 to the Vermont legislature. And they say it even better. It says, I'm reading here, taxation is the price which we pay for civilization, which is what Holmes says, for our social, civil, and political institutions, for the security of life and property, and without which we must resort to the law of force. The Supreme Court is often quoted by anti-tax people as having said that the power to tax is the power to destroy. But in that same sentence, it also said it is the power to create. Mm -hmm. In other words, if you believe in the First Amendment, how are you going to enforce it? If you believe in the right of property, how are you going to enforce it? Um, without money to pay for these things, then we are back to the law of force. Right. So I would say it's not just your legal duty to pay tax. It's your civic duty to pay tax. 
yeah, it it's is a civic sin. duty. Yeah. Yeah. And you have a civic duty to vote. And one of the things you vote for, why you choose a candidate, is what taxes they're going to vote for. Mm-hmm. Or there may be an initiative or a referendum on your local ballot about some kind of income tax, a property tax, anything. If you don't know anything about tax, if you don't understand the words, then you're going to get a bunch of gobbledygook rhetoric that from politicians who will promise you we'll lower taxes or we'll raise taxes. or You, know, you don't understand what they're saying. So I think to be a good citizen, not only do you have to pay your tax, you have to know what taxes you want to vote for. Because taxes don't just raise revenue. We use taxes to implement public policy. Yeah, but, it, but you know, it's interesting as you're saying this. It's true. We use it to implement public policy. Some people can be for social welfare. Some people can be against certain social welfare projects, I should say. But I just I want to also say it's to take out your garbage. It's to make sure that you have a public education. It's for things that are that we so take for granted. So, I mean, I guess I just I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, all the anti-tax people out there and it's 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 broad in scope, but it's also very narrow in scope. And it's as basic as making sure the sores work. Yes, I have a, a project called Tax Jazz, mm-hmm. and it's a tax literacy project to um, teach people about the basics of tax and ways they can understand it. And one of the exercises I have in there is basically a day without taxes. And people have to, uh, high school, two high school friends have to get through the day. Um, And one of the things they have to do is get to work. And just driving, trying to drive from home to the store where they work, is difficult because not only are there potholes and not only are there robbers, you know, stopping the cars, Mm -hmm. but nobody even has agreed on which side of the road to drive on. Hmm. And even if they have, who's going to enforce it if someone decides it's faster to drive on the left because there are fewer cars on the left. So, and you can go through the day and try and come up with all the things that government helps you do. Um, enforce your contract, you know, protect your property, as you say, the policeman, all of those things. Uh, you need government and therefore money and therefore a way to get people to pay you money. And so that you pay the money in the most efficient way, uh, the fairest way, because different taxes are... Some taxes distribute the burden among the population one way, mm-hmm. and some deliver it another way. So the idea of fairness comes into taxes, too. So you need to understand how that works. And that's part of my tax literacy project as well, is to let people learn some of the terms, to learn that the kind of what you tax, the tax base, whether it's consumption or wealth, or income, or property, all those place different burdens on different segments of the population. And people need to be aware of that when they're voting either directly in an initiative or referendum, 
or indirectly by choosing the representatives, um, what it is they favor. They need to think about whatever it is you want, we can want environmental policy. You could do that directly. You could do it through um, tax laws. And if people wanted to read more about your tax jazz literacy program, is there somewhere they can go to read about it? Yes, I actually have a very rudimentary web page. It's called taxjazz.com. Okay, we'll link to it. And it has, paper, yeah. the, it has uh, this first unit on it. It's called Taxes, Society, and Fairness. Mm-hmm. And I'm developing another unit. Um, we This unit has been taught uh, in schools in New Orleans for about six years. I teach the law students. And they go out and teach the high school students. And Tulane has a pro bono requirement. Mm-hmm. But, and so often that's why the student initially does it. But I've had students do it for three years in a row because it's fun. That's so the law students uh, enjoy it. The high school students love it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be glad to help somebody in another law school set it up. Um, I've used it with senior citizens. Um, you could use everybody, whether they're professionals or high school students, even middle school students, kindergarten students, are interested in their government and their community and how things get paid for. You know, it's yeah. as you're speaking, and again, we started the conversation by saying that I was tax-phobic. I'm not anymore. I think you cured me of that. But what I'm realizing is yeah, <laughs> so you have a convert. Um, it sounds to me that more than any other law school class, more than securities litigation, more than even contract law or tort law, the tax touches our lives to a much greater degree. Because you're right, yes, if I, I want to go buy an apple, it's taxed. If I want to make sure my streets are clear, it's taxed. If I want to send my kid to public school, it's taxed. Well, the apple may or may not be taxed, and that's something you should, you and everyone should right. think food. about. You're right. <laughs> well, some Nor states tax foods, right. some don't, some tax it at a lesser rate. Right. And that's one of the things one can think about in terms of fairness. Um, well, actually, if you want to, cons- I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Oh. Well, no, I no, just, go ahead. I want to point out, you know, when you talk about fairness, so you're talking about fairness. We have a professor, I know that she's a colleague to Bridget Crawford. And she has, along with a couple other law professors, mounted a campaign that tampons should not be taxed because I believe condoms are not taxed. And where is the gender equality? So another, I'm going to add, I found number 10. It's my number 10, which is you (laughs) you can affect social good with taxes and affect change by making sure that services and, and, and personal goods are not taxed in an equal way. There definitely there and there is uh, a lot of literature on tax and inequality based on race and gender. Um, you could even some people argue geographic that it costs a lot more to live in New York City than in rural Nebraska. Uh, don't get um, me started. <laughs> I am in New York. My property taxes are twice everywhere else. But anyway, yeah. Well, an income tax too. You know, should should you have different brackets? Some people say for based mm-hmm. on the standard of 
of the cost of living. Well, this has been really interesting and really helpful. And I encourage, let me, let me say, I would almost require students to take tax following our discussion. I um, encourage faculty who are listening and others interested to, to look at tax jazz against. I will link the, uh, what you call rudimentary, your words, not mine, um, website into the liner notes for this podcast. And I really, really appreciate you taking the time. And I'm confident that we will see an uptick in tax enrollment after people listen to this. Well, I hope so. And a plea, it's rudimentary in the sense that it's the website. It's um, 20th century, not 21st. It needs to be jazzed up with video and animation and graphics, all the things I can't do. (laughs) But lots of law students are very adept at doing that. So if anyone wants to get involved in a project that could be very worthwhile, that's oh. something to think about. Well, excellent. And, and we will also link how to get in touch with you. And that would be a great summer project for one l So that sounds great. Yes. Yes. Terrific. Great. Well, thank you again for um, taking the time to speak with us. I really appreciate it. That's my discussion with Professor Kornhauser. Hope it inspired you to take tax. If you want to get in touch with Professor Kornhauser, we have added her contact information in our liner notes. You should also look at her website, taxjazz.com. A reminder, if you're taking the bar exam, check out Kaplan Bar Prep. Use the code LESLIE100 at www.kaplanbarprep.com and to get a $100 discount. That's our discussion for today. Have a great day. Good luck with registration.